Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was back in the day. Um, we used to ha- play this on Friday. Yeah. And uh, we used it as a Friday hype song. <laughs> well, now this has new meaning. It does. Because the band known as Creed has been, you know, basically not together for 12 years, and now it's official. They're going back on tour. Reunion uh, tour next summer throughout the United States. The closest date... Friday, August 9th, St. Louis, Missouri. They won't be alone. Also coming with them will be Three Doors Down and Finger Eleven. I heard uh, Daughtry was going to be out on that one, too. So they have like different shows, have different ah. bands. So all the supporting acts are Three Doors Down, Finger Eleven, Daughtry, Switchfoot, Oof. Uh, Tonic. They had one song in a band called Big Wreck. I don't know Big Wreck. Don't know Big Wreck, but Switchfoot had a couple bangers, man. I think they're a Christian rock band. Are they really? I think so. Oh, which boy. Creed was like, yeah, was labeled as a Christian rock band, but they never were. No, and they hated it. Well, yeah, because Scott Stapp would like throw in like it was like maybe some Christian messaging, and the rest of the band was like, "We don't want to be that kind of band. <laughs> want to be rock and roll." And he's like, "Yeah, you know? I know, I know, but just, just trust me, man. It's, it's cool. Let's throw that in. No one will even notice." And then, man, people noticed. And so sure. Mark Tremonti came up with Alter Bridge, Not and also Christian. his own music too. Not Christian. And you know that's uh, that's always been the thing. Mark Tremonti, you know, he was in Creed, but that guy can he can he, he crushes wow, on the guitar. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. He's good. I I mean, he's considered. I would imagine he's considered one of the top. I mean, he's how, how far would I go with this? Maybe not. Maybe top fifty. Top hundred for sure. Top hundred for sure. Yeah. Best guitarist of all, considered one of the best guitarists of all time. Yeah, I know he can. I mean, I know the guy can play it, and he can play that thing. But it's like, how many country guys get overlooked? But they're good at playing the guitar. You know what I'm saying? Are they? Some of them. Are they? Yeah, I think there's some guys out there. Johnny Ma- Paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
are many country artists known for their actual ability to play an instrument? Now, no. But I think there's a lot of backing guys that you like backed up the guy that were probably pretty, pretty good. Uh, hard rock, heavy metal is the only genre I can think of that are, the members of the actual band yeah. that may not be singers, but they can. They're known for their instrument playing. Yes, for sure, for sure. And Tremonti. It's actually appreciated that there is some talent in the band (laughs) that can go out there and and shred or whatever. Or play drums, you know. Except for the bass players. Nobody cares about the bass players. (laughs) Delayed fuse on that one. I I was just remembering like a Metalocalypse. (laughs) Always making fun of him. AJ, do do you like some Creed? Yeah, man. This is their best song by far. Some would argue. With arms wide open. That's, well, that's Yeah, you just reminded me of that. Yeah, That was actually the number best. one song. Now, I, I know everybody wants me to answer the big question. When I go all the way to St. Louis <laughs> to go see Creed, and my answer is if John Kurtz wants to go. Because we've always kind of we looked into it. We were doing a lot of looking into it. I almost booked Scott Stepp for the show. And then the night before, he's like, I'm traveling. I can't do it. I'm like, you son of a. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, you know, it's Bro it's trip. during the summer. It's like in early August. Like, yeah. yeah, I would, you know. And best Creed song's Torn. Right? I mean, Torn, 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 dude. Peace is what the tear me. Oof. My Own Prison. I've always kind of liked uh, My Own Prison. That's a pretty good one. All right. It's hour two of the game. The game after work. Mitch Fortner, David G., AJ Shaw running our board. The phone number 537-1350 if you want to feel like calling in and chiming in. Uh, in hour number one, if you missed it, look up the game on 1350 K-Man wherever you listen to your podcast and keep up with the show. Whenever you miss a second of the show, we always upload our podcast. As soon as a particular hour is done, we are uploading uh, hours one at a time, one and two are both separate on each podcast. Hour one, it's up right now. And we talked about uh, Naquan Tomlin, his arrest early Sunday morning, uh, and the reaction from Coach Tang. Not sure right now when the suspension, which is right now indefinitely, not sure when he's going to be off that suspension. Quan's going to have to show that he's learned something from this. There's still a process that's going on that we have no control over that has to take place and then we find out what happens there and then we're gonna deal with what we have to deal with here and so I, i'm not putting a timetable on it no timetable on it right now they're focusing on him getting through the legal stuff and helping him out in any way he needs it yes he's being punished right now but the boys have his back he made a mistake they know that he knows that they're gonna work through it and hopefully you know We'll get some Naquan Tomlin down the road, of course. Um, but I, I, I wanted to take some time, just kind of focus real quick on how this will affect the actual team. Because, I mean, they play a exhibition tomorrow night against Emporia State. They have a pretty major, like this is the biggest opener we've had in, for K-State basketball in a long time. I think it's like the first time in 20 years they go on the road to open up the season outside of Bramblage Coliseum, and it's at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, and they're playing USC on a national stage. The the, the game's going to be on TNT. Whoa! Uh, that reminds me, I actually need to go look up uh, the last season. 2022-23 Kansas State men's basketball. <laughs> I'm just curious because um, 
you know, the NCAA tournament is on TBS, TNT, CBS, True TV. Yeah. What channel did they play on? They played on TBS. It was almost TNT, mm. but it was TBS. But the same family of networks, right? Uh, AEW, you can find them both on Uh-oh. TNT and TBS. Does, is there a connection? Yeah, oh. obviously. Yeah. Um, so how does this actually affect the team? Uh, Drum Tang actually did address that a, a little bit. Changes to the lineup without Tomlin. There's definitely some change. But we uh, Guys have to probably play some positions that they wouldn't have to play as much if he's in there. Takes away some of our versatility, but then it opens an opportunity for somebody else to step up and you know show they can do something. I mean, a, a bit of a generic answer. I mean, you know, maybe right now he doesn't actually have like the precise answer to that with this game being an exhibition. They might try some things. Totally, it's an opportunity for somebody else to step in the starting lineup and and see what they can do. But the interesting part about that is with the evolution of the offense going back to what was said at uh, Big 12 Media Day they're now going to a five out offense now that is not so much a position type of offense at least from what I understand maybe I could be a little bit wrong here but I'm also going to bounce off of what coach said earlier in the press conference and that is like if you look at the five for example which you know Naquan Tomlin does play the five he played quite a bit of that last year along with the four he's a you know he's 6'10". It's not so much having a guy for that position. It's just it's it's more of a spot on the floor than anything. You're going to start in the corner most likely. Five out offense is it's a lot about mismatches and how you can uh, exploit those mismatches and you know. So w- the way K State runs the offense, you know, Naquan is obviously going to be a huge part missing. I mean, he averaged 11 points last year. He was a key scorer. He's K State's best returning guy. He's the only one right now that certainly has. NBA possibilities in his future. I mean, he almost didn't come back right. for this year and stay in the NBA draft process. I think he would have been drafted if he stayed in. It was said during Big 12 Media Day that moving to the five-out offense is a move they need to make that it will appeal more to big guys. They're going to be able to recruit guys like Patrick Nagongba who's one of the best bigs in the class of 2024 because he obviously has you know, goals to be a pro basketball player. Well, that's the way things are being done in the NBA right now. But it's not just about the future. This is going to highly benefit a guy like Naquan Tomlin mm-hmm. to play in this five-out offense. It's going to be more, more appealing. He's going to become a better basketball player, not just for this year, but when he does end up getting drafted to the NBA, he's going to be able to adapt quicker to the way the game is played now at the professional level. This is going to be a huge thing for Naquan Tomlin, but unfortunately for him, he's not going to be a part of this for the foreseeable future. We don't know how long that is going to be. But outside of Tomlin, how does the team move forward? Well, I was talking about wide about this yesterday, specifically with the center position. You know, how do you do you move around David Gasson? Do you move him at the four? And then now you can allow Jarrell Colbert, Will McNair to get more minutes, quite possibly. Or Arthur Kaluma staying at the three. Does this mean Taj Manning will get a bigger opportunity uh, over Michaela Rich? I, I I would assume it would be that way right now. Taj Manning would get the edge over Michaela Rich just being more in the program. He was here last year, uh, and now he's going to be more of a role player. We'll see about that. Um, but really all it is right now, right now, um, is that it's just more opportunity for more guys. Now, I will say – 
my worry is, okay, USC is on Monday, getting into the regular season, getting further into, you know, when they go on their, you know, that Bahamas, I think that blanking for some reason on where they're going, but I believe it's the Bahamas. Uh, when they make that trip and they play against tougher teams, depending on how long Naquan Tomlin is out, let's be real. When they play good teams, this is going to hurt them. Yeah, You're missing one of your most important players mm-hmm. in the starting lineup. You're missing the best returning player on the team. They're going to be missing that K-State experience. And especially with the five-out offense, it's so much about mismatches. Naquan Tomlin was a was a mismatch. I mean, he was – not many guys could guard a guy like that. Nope. Great example of that was the NCAA tournament game against Montana State. Ooh. They ran ISO with Naquan so much, no, nobody had a chance to stop that guy. No. And it worked so well. You know they're going to want to run more of that through Naquan Tomlin and his ability to take a guy one-on-one as you space the floor, and he's going to go to the cup and score it or pull up for a mid-range because the guy's got range. Not exactly the best three-point shooter, but he does have some range. So the more you get deeper in the schedule, and if he is still missing, it does worry me that the longer he's out, the more it could affect K-State. Yeah, this is the problem with making bad decisions is you are affecting the team. And I understand where people go, come on, man. He got in a fight now, you feel big deal. This is the consequence of this. And he will hurt because he is an X-factor kind of guy. When you can see it, when he puts, when he turns around and puts the ball on the deck, the other team scrambles because it's like this guy's six ten, and he he's got moves, man. And you're right, his mid range game, you know, it's only gotten better in the off season, and he's this type of offense is perfect for him, especially when he takes it to the cup. I mean, nobody's better than him on the team right now than him like attacking the basket. It stinks, man. It really does. But if Jerome Tang has an idea of a culture that he's trying to build at K-State, things like this, you can't just go, oh, no problem, but you're in trouble and you should know that what you've done is bad, right? Okay, get back out there. Can't do it. You just can't do it. And Jerome Tang, and I I just, I think they'll find a way to build some, uh, to build some guys up. Uh, to fill that void, but it's going to be tough. A future NBA guy, it stinks. Yeah, I, it's it's. I mean, it's easy to say. You know, yes, he's out, but it gives a guy another more opportunities to play more minutes and get more exposure, get more experience, and maybe that'll make him a better player. I get that, but I think you can only take that optimism so far when they haven't played a game yet this sure. year, when they haven't played this exhibition yet. I think we're going to learn a lot uh, potentially about how some guys operate without Naquan Tomlin or playing more minutes, more on their plate, without a guy like Naquan Tomlin in the lineup. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock tip, pregame at 6 here on K-Man. Uh, K-State hosting Emporia State for their only exhibition. Uh, I do want to get to a couple of more clips, uh, really just one in particular. Uh, it was asked about Patrick Nagamba was here for his uh, visit uh, he was at the game on Saturday, Wabash in front row with David Castillo, who's also the po- he's a point guard, uh, commit to the Cats for 2024. Nagangba, by the way, is going to announce his commitment on November 4th, which I, that's Saturday, isn't it? Yep. Yep, Saturday he's going to announce his commitment. Uh, meanwhile, Duke just got a commitment from a big, uh, a five, 
uh, and Duke was one of the three teams that Nagamba had in his final three, along with Casey and Kentucky. I think that's pretty good news if you're a K-State fan, but I, I think we'll talk more about that with D.Y. when we have him on tomorrow. But when Nagamba was in town, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there were a bunch of, town, a bunch of signs around town that said, you know, like, welcome to Manhattan, Big Pat, or welcome home, Big Pat, talking about Patrick Nagamba. And uh, Coach Tang talked about the community welcoming their visit last weekend. I haven't been very – I've only been two places, but I, I got some guys on staff that have been multiple places at a high level and have recruited high-level kids. And to a man, they said they'd never seen anything like this before. So hats off to our community and how they rally behind Kansas State and our basketball program, but our athletic department in general, and how welcoming they were. And just the community, the students, I mean, it, it was really, I, I don't know, if, if I'm a kid, I, I'm picking it, right? Like, that, that was just, that was incredible. So um, very, very thankful for that. There's not enough words to thank the community for how they rallied around this visit. The, the rally house sign in Aggieville said, welcome Big Pat or something like that. Like, it was so warm of a welcome for this kid. I started thinking to myself, is, it, is all this allowed? <laughs> like, is some of this, like, is, is are we kind of breaking, are we bending some rules here with, I, I've always wondered, like, with companies, because it wasn't just them, me, Lumber. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture that them, they had. Uh, welcome Big Pat sign something like you know I can't remember exactly what it said but they had a I was like I, I was wondering like if you know I'm sure this team can't like reach out to them and say hey can you put you know his name up on your sign and all that or whatever but you know, man it's still amazing listen NCAA ain't got that kind of stroke to tell somebody what they can and can't put on their sign plus I know a guy named Pat and I'll just say that was for him we just like we just really yeah, like it could be my any buddy Pat. Pat. Yeah, it's like a, my best friend Pat uh, just wanted to show him some love, and it just so happened that you know Patrick was in town for a recruit. It's all a coincidence. Come on, man. What are we gonna do? If if anybody comes sniffing around, let's yeah. make sure the uh, staff. They'll have the staff. They'll have the the staff will have the NCAA people talk to you. Yeah, we we're gonna designate my friend Pat as Big Pat, and that's who we're we're all talking about. Mead Lumber, they love him. They love him down there, man. He's great. All the places he he always goes to all those different rally house. He's in there twenty four seven, man, buying cats gear. Is that illegal, Mister Mark Emmert? <laughs> Sorry, is it illegal to shout out our favorite guy, Big Pat, Dave G's friend? <laughs> I need to make a phone call to make sure <laughs> Pat's ready to answer some questions. <laughs> Got to make sure Pat's free first. <laughs> all right, let's uh, go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, uh, Chris Kleiman. Presser highlights earlier today why the offense, why the defense is so much improved. We'll hear from Coach coming up next. Game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. John Carpenter's Halloween. Whoa. Gave me the creeps back in the day. Dude, Mikey Myers, man. You know, like Jason's kind of, you know, overdone. Freddy's a, you know, come on. Just don't go to sleep. What are you doing? Come on, man. It's easy. And he's kind of like a a chump. I don't know. I just, he's, you know, creepy. Michael Myers, though, man, just showing up, looking, you know, standing on your, your street. You look out the window, there he is. Walking. I mean, he's basically the Terminator. Yeah. Walking. You're running. He's walking. Man, Michael. I have a, my good buddies, one of my buddies on my podcast, Getting Sidetracked. Check that out on Apple and Spotify. Uh, he's a big Michael Myers guy. So I've seen all the Halloweens. And, dude, Michael Myers be punishing people, man. I, I'll be honest with you. I've not watched the Halloween movies since I was probably a kid. I, Ooh. Maybe the last time I watched it, I was a teenager probably. Yeah. Um, the only Halloweens I've seen as an adult, Rob Zombies. Yeah, yeah. I and thought he did they were one fine. and two. Yeah. I thought they were, yeah, I thought, actually, I thought two was really good. Yeah. Uh, the way he did it, I was on the edge of my seat. Dude. Uh, Things changed a little bit. Original, the number one Halloween, jeez, boy. That is still creepy to this day. When he just smashes through that closet and he's just, <laughs> oh, man. Jamie Lee Curtis. She was the best, wasn't she? Was. she? Yeah. Although I gotta say, I think her tr- her best work was in True Lies. Oh yeah, she was awesome with Arnold. In that. Yeah, that's a great movie. She was good in that, man. All right, we're back on the game. Mitch Fortner, David G, and AJ Shaw got number one song and ask us anything that's coming up. Want to get to a couple of clips here from uh, Chris Kleiman. No breaking news or anything. It's the first time all season we didn't ask an injury question. <laughs> like, hey, what's the update on this guy? The thing is. Maybe there should have been one that would have been about Keegan Johnson. I mean, have we just kind of put Keegan in a way behind us a little bit? It just has been kind of a downer of a year. Like he just hasn't lived up to the hype. And I I understand he's been banged up. He did not play against Houston. But, you know, at the same time, it's not an effort thing. It's just, I don't know, just not performing like we thought he would. Although I thought he had a nice jet sweep the other night. (laughs) I think – it's obvious, like, the injuries, you know, it, it, what are you going to do? And it's obvious he wants to be out there. He would rather be showing his stuff. But I, I think it's another transfer guy that we got that was hurt already. You know what I'm saying? I, just this feeling they get where you're like. He, he was banged up last year. Yeah, he, he came in kind of hurt. Um, best thing for him, just, you know, get well for this team. I can't wait for whenever we get that healthy Keegan Johnson, man, he is going to be a potent addition to this already really I hope great so. offense. Man. I, I absolutely hope you're right. That was supposed to be the Oklahoma State game. Right. When he was healthy, um, you're coming off a bye. Everybody was like supposed to be a lot healthier, but coming off a bye, he was supposed to be the one that, all right, here we go. Mm. Breakout game. Here we go. And it didn't happen. He didn't have a catch, I believe, until the fourth quarter. Oof. So, um, all right, some Coach Kleiman highlights. Two things that have helped – the offense improved has to do with quarterbacks. Will is really running the ball well, and Avery's made some big-time throws, which helps maybe throw off 
maybe what people think we're going to do. I thought Avery made as good a play as I've seen a, a quarterback, especially a young young guy make when he found Swanson on a third down where it looked like he could tuck it and run and kept his eyes downfield. That's hard to do, and that was a big-time play. Yeah, I think Will Howard now healthy. He doesn't have what we were calling hitching his giddy-up after the Mizzou game. That is now he is over it. Adding that threat once again with the quarterback run game with Will Howard has, in my opinion, been an absolute game changer, especially with a team like Houston, who is trying to do the same that they were they did and was successful with against Texas, and that was shut down the run. Um, and you know they when they were making their comeback, they did a great job of that. Even though K State didn't exactly have, I mean, they were right just under four yards per carry. They never quite was consistent at shutting it down. And what opens it up is you got. You got six wide receivers that'll run a jet sweep for you, <laughs> and Will Howard will do a, a, a solid job for you running the football. You know, he he just he wasn't ready to do it. I don't think against Texas Tech. I'm not exactly sure, but that's what Avery could do, and right. and Texas Tech was not ready for it. You're now two weeks later, and Houston is by far ready for Avery to run the football. It wasn't exactly a hard task, I think, for Houston to shut that down. Maybe with Will, they weren't as expecting it as much. It was working a little bit more. So, But also with Avery throwing the football, I guess there were some out there didn't think he could throw it. I got to tell you, fooled you. Strikes. Fooled you. Yeah, what was it? Two weeks ago against TCU, it was his just dimes to mm. Jace Brown. This next week against Houston, it was Will Howard and dimes to – the geezer. <laughs> the old man on the team, Phillip Brooks, the sixth-year senior. All the geezers got in on the action against Houston. Meanwhile, the defense is just playing lights out the last 10 quarters. Here's climbing on their improvement. We're playing team defense the last handful of weeks. You know, We're matching the secondary with uh, our front seven or front eight as far as how we're playing and being on the same page. We're, we're not giving up as many explosive plays. We're tackling better across the board we've simplified some things uh, in the secondary especially yeah absolutely the, the tackling has been so much better that's been my team takeaway from the last two games the tackling was way better than the Texas Tech game even though you know I thought the defense played fine they gave up three touchdowns but they were fine it was the long drives that that really upset me mm-hmm. uh in the second half. I mean they gave up what a 99 yard touchdown drive um to a backup or third string quarterback or whatever um, but the tackling was really bad. Taj Brooks, they struggled. And they, I, and I'll still say this. I think he's – him along with Jonathan Brooks, who K-State's going to see on Saturday with Texas, those are really two tough tackles. But I'm glad now that K-State has been doing a much better job of tackling. But I also think another difference there is when it comes to one unit that I think has been just incredibly better, and that's the secondary. We know about Kobe Savage and, and VJ Payne. They switched their safety positions back to their natural positions going back to last year. But I remember after watching the Oklahoma State game, I'm like, this team needs to play faster mm-hmm. from the secondary. And if you look at the last three games, the leading tacklers have been the guys in the secondary, and they've been crushing. Typically, when the secondary is your leading tacklers, it's probably not exactly going well. Right. Like, it's you would imagine much more competitive <clears throat> games, yet in the last nine quarters or so, the defense have given up three points, and your secondary has been the leading tacklers. Mm-hmm. I, that's because they're so much more helpful when it comes to the running game, and also these teams trying to bounce it outside. You got guys setting the edge, either of, of, of a Desmond Purnell or a VJ Payne that's done that a few times, 
or uh, you know, like an Austin Moore once in a while. You know, number of guys that set the edge, but you got guys in the secondary flying through the flats to go bust things up and muddy up the waters, and and that's how you're getting those no no gains or one yard gains or two yard gains or even tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. The secondary has been a major major difference in that improvement. Not a lot of yak left out there. Those guys are shutting it down. Like you said, getting to the edge and just stopping people. That guy, Samuel Brown, I think is his name, for Houston, that guy's good. He's very good. And they shut him down for the most part, um, just wrapping him up and being sure tackles all over the field, linebackers and safeties and cornerbacks running around just causing problems. Love it. Well, the story of Keenan Garber, and I hope, I've said many times, my my memory's terrible. I'm never going, when Keenan Garber's career comes to an end, I'm always going to remember his story mm-hmm. because he is playing a position that he learned right before the Big 12 championship game. We're talking 36 hours prior to the Big 12 championship game. Echo Boydo gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He comes in and plays the rest of the game, plays lights out for his first time. Well, I think he maybe played it back in the day, but you know, learning to play K-State's <laughs> corner position. And by the way, you're playing against a group of wide receivers that happen to be pretty good. They played at a national championship game, and you shut that down. And now he's been one of the more locked down man coverage corners in the Big Twelve. Yep, kid's tough. That is an insane story, guys. It is. That that is an incredible story. I I'll never forget it. You know, ten years down the road, I remember. I'm going to tell the kids. <laughs> Maybe not mine, but somebody's kids. Back in the day, Keenan Garber. Let me tell you a story. Played hero. He did. And you know what? It's something that guys sometimes balk at. They go, nah, you know, I don't want to do that. He did what he knew was going to get him on the field, obviously. And he has really shined. I mean, he is a tough, tough kid. And uh, he's going to go out there and compete. And I love it, man. Way to go, buddy. Uh, let's see. I don't know if I had any other clips. I just wanted to play a couple here. Yeah. Um, again, it wasn't the most exciting uh, press conference. It's just it was mostly about Texas. Mm. And we'll, we'll talk, of course, more about Texas in the game coming up later in the week. Of course, it's going to be a, you know the subject for Power Cat Game Day on Saturday. So we'll save the stuff for for later on in the week. But you know, I guess another comment I could bring up is about talking about the quarterbacks. Um, you know, if we jump back to offense real quick and. Uh, coach was asked the question about Colin Klein making those calls. It's because whenever you know, I asked a question in post game uh, after Houston, I'm just like, you know, okay, so Avery had the fumble, and then it's Will for pretty much the rest of the way, other than garbage time. I was just like, you know, was, was that just a hot hand move, or was that, you know, we're going to stick with Will for the foreseeable future kind of move? He's like, you know, I can't answer that. You're going to have to ask Colin Klein on Thursday. What that means is Colin Klein is making the decisions here. Yeah. He is the one calling the shot. He's the QB coach. He's the offensive coordinator. He's the one calling the shots about, all right, who's going to be playing quarterback? When does Avery come in? How long does he play? Are we going off and on with the quarterbacks? Or are we just going to stick with Will? It's not Colin Klein. It's, or it's not Chris Kleiman. It's Colin Klein making those decisions. Coach Kleiman trusts them. 
He's in the room with them all the time. He's at practice. I float back and forth. I'm more with the defense during the day. Uh, at practice, I float back and forth. I do meet with the quarterbacks early like uh, I will when I leave here to talk about the things that I see from a defensive perspective. But um, I love Colin Klein. I got tons of respect for him. I trust him. He is always going to bounce things off of me, and I'm going to bounce things off of him. Uh, but he's got a great pulse in that room. I, I will say, so this is kind of funny. And I won't get into too many details, but so what my booth where I sit for to do the PA is at the North 30 yard line. Right next to where I sit is the K-State coaches box. And ever since we've been doing this, you know, the last couple of games, Will Avery, Will Avery, a little bit of Will mostly or a little bit of Avery, mostly Will against Houston. I've heard I, I can definitely hear Colin. He's more animated he is more how do i put it he's just he's more vocal <laughs> with a louder volume <laughs> in the box and i've actually got a lot of entertainment out of it it's working so well it's maybe the little things that are you know if he's getting upset maybe it's the little things but there's not a whole lot to be upset right now about this team and i and i was, i'm going to be saying this throughout the week this is going to be kind of like my question of the week you know, is this the right time for K-State to play Texas? I asked Coach about that earlier. I knew I wouldn't get much of an answer. But as fans, as media, I think we can say where K-State has come from in the last month, their improvement. Also, Texas is to a second-string quarterback in Malik Murphy, who's a redshirt freshman, who was okay against uh, BYU. This does feel like the right time to play a game like this against Texas, where it's at in the schedule, the timing of everything for both teams. It just feels right for K-State to be playing this game at this time. Absolutely, especially after the Oklahoma State game. And so that felt like such a gut punch, and they have bounced back. They're feeling themselves. Their offense is clicking. Defense looks amazing. It is the right time. This is the correct time for this team to take on Texas. We take a break, and when do we come back? Number one song of the day is next. So I kind of asked this a couple weeks ago, but I want to return to it because it really went well on uh, Ask a K-Rocker. Would you still be friends with someone if twice a week they dressed up like it was Halloween? (laughs) And if you invited them to like a very serious thing, like someone's like wake or like a wedding, they were definitely going to dress up in Halloween costumes. What's the costume? I mean, it's all over the place. Could be a pirate. Oh, could I can't be a skeleton. trust that. No, 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 no. <laughs> People on K Rock are like, "Yeah, why not?" And they're like, "Because it's insane." That'd I mean, nuts. if I was trying to save my gym and had to play a vol- or a, a dodgeball <laughs> tournament, I'm cool with somebody dressing up if they're good at it. The pirate Steve. If I need a fifth for my dodgeball team, <laughs> I'll consider them. Yeah, but normally. I mean, we're probably not going out to eat. Come on, you know what man. I mean. You, you this take is, someone. That, that's not somebody you go out in public with. Oh, no. you take someone to a nice restaurant and they come, and they dress up, and they're like Olaf from Frozen. You're gonna be like, oh, that's fine. Come on, man. People just they'd be on K Rock. They'd be mm, capping as the kids capping. say. Are you? What's your plans for tonight? Are you gonna be in out? What you doing? So because of K State basketball playing tomorrow. Ah. That is kind of throwing off my week. So I'm going to be grinding tonight to get a lot of work done because it is football season. Yes, it is. And it's basketball season. So I kind of have like 
more stuff to do. Oh, boy. So, no Halloween plans for this guy. Nice. Well, that's But if you want to leave some candy outside the radio station door (laughs) uh, as, like, a nice little present because I don't get to go trick-or-treating tonight. Deal. That'd be great. Do it. Be a little cold, too. You know what I mean? Like like cold candy is so good. As long as it's not melting. No, I don't like you know melty candy. Ugh. It's just kind of a kind of a Gross. vibe ruiner, you know? Yeah. All right, we gotta go. For AJ, Deech, I'm Mitch. We're back tomorrow. Go cats. <laughs>